I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You know what time of the year it is. It's time to really focus in on our fitness. Some people say that should be 365 days a year, but when spring and summer roll around, we take an intense interest in how we look. We're wearing fewer clothes. People are looking at us more and we want to be in the best shape possible. But it's not just about how it looks, it's also about how it feels and also about our overall health. That's why we have put together a powerhouse panel for you on this episode of Street Soldiers, Female Fitness and Body Image. We're going to talk about your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul, how to get it all right, especially for the ladies, and how to make this happen for this particular season. So joining me for this conversation, Dr. Jesse Warner-Cohen. She's a senior psychologist at Northwell Health. Jesse, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Christine Heronic. She's a food scientist and nutrition expert. I'm sure we all have questions and concerns for her. Christine, thank you so much for being with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us is, is Jeanette Jenkins. She's the Hollywood trainer. You can find her on hollywoodtrainer.com. She's got a lot of tips and been through a lot herself too. And we're going to find out all about that. Jeanette, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We, we, appreciate, we appreciate it. Jeanette, I want to start with you because we see a lot of Hollywood stars. We see a lot of celebrities go through these body image issues. We saw um, you know, we saw one of the Kardashians go through a big issue. She was upset about a picture when she'd been working so hard on her body. We saw, we've seen Lizzo just say, this is who I am. I love it. I embrace it. What is the mood like among the celebrities and the people that you train in terms of what kind of bodies they want? Are there more acceptable variations now or is everyone pretty much going for the same thing? You know, one of the beautiful things of social media is the fact that you have all these different body types and people and experts who are giving out information. Whereas in the past, we used to just have these big media conglomerates that would be in control of distributing content. But now there's so much incredible content out there that you really can choose where you want to receive your content and information from. And of course, your information is only as valuable as the source. So when it comes to actual climate of body types in Hollywood, it really is individual. I train very strong people mentally and physically like Pink, Alicia Keys, and, um, you know, Journey Smollett. And it, one thing that I always try to gift to my clientele is a few things. The first is for them to understand that they have a genetic makeup and we can't change our genetic makeup. I often try to use like Serena Williams and Venus Williams as an example. They're two sisters from the exact same parents with completely different body types. We have to learn, first of all, you would be completely miserable if you lived your life hating your genetic makeup because right. you're not going to change your genetic makeup. So right from the fact, you got to go out the gate loving your genetic makeup and then you train your body so that you can function at your absolute best at whatever genetic makeup that is. So I don't really change. I don't ever train a client with the mindset to change their body type. I train them with the concept to improve their muscular strength, their muscular endurance, their flexibility, their cardiovascular endurance, and to um, enjoy the feeling of what it is to be in optimal health. That they're to really feel good, which is which is what it's all about. Dr. Jesse exactly. Warner Cohen. Can we that, can we call you Dr. Jesse for the show here for sure? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, part of the Street Soldiers family now. 
Dr. Jesse, how significant are these weight issues and body image issues, especially for women, especially for young women, adult women going through all stages of life? It's a, it's a tremendous issue. And while, you know, Jeanette pointed out some positives in social media, on the other hand, we're inundated with pictures that seem unattainable for many people, right? I, um, I'm a runner. I know that I am not going to look like or be as fast as a professional runners because I spend most of my day at work, right? Like I, you know, the, the challenge with social media is that it doesn't show all the hard work often that goes into getting to that place. And so we have these images that are often unattainable and um, can be really damaging. Um, to people both young um, and older, the recent research shows us that disordered eating is not a necessarily an issue just for the young anymore. It really goes across the lifespan. Wow. Um, Christine, you're a food scientist. We see a lot of things. As long as, as long as we're talking about social media here, we see a lot of things on social media. Drink this tea, eat this, follow this program. Here's the before, here's the after. We don't know if the after has been altered by an app or by some kind of uh, Photoshop. But what do you think about all of these messages that are coming out to people about do this routine, do that routine with food or follow this regimen. And this is the way to attain the body of your dreams. What, what are your thoughts on that as a scientist? My biggest thing is on education and allowing people to understand what their body is made of. And I think that there's a really big gap when it comes to women understanding body composition. So many of us have been ingrained that we need to weigh a certain amount to look good. And I've been really transparent on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram, telling people that like, it's not about the weight, it's about your body composition. And so many women get so stressed. I need to be back to this number. Maybe it was the number before they had a kid or the number when they graduated when they got married, but instead, okay, what's your body fat percentage? Muscle weighs more than like, you know, the, the density, let's focus on measurements. Let's focus on how you feel. And I think providing this educational gap to see people, the science of it, to take away from all these nuances of things that just um, to tailor um, on what Jeanette was saying, that these, these images that just are not grounded on anything realistic. You know, I think it's so important that as social media influencers and, you know, having a voice out there that we're transparent with people that especially like for celebrities that they are, you know, being honest, if they are having like cool sculpt, like this, like that, because the reality is, you know, you can only lose body fat at a certain rate and you can only do this at by being in a caloric deficit, there is no quick fix, it doesn't work. And I share with my followers, the fastest way to lose weight is slowly. And no one wants to hear that because you're going to damage your metabolism, you're going to damage your thyroid, you're going to make it harder for your body to lose weight naturally over time by doing all of these things. And learning how to do this sustainably is so important. So I think education is so crucial um, to narrowing that gap. All right, we're going to, uh, coming up, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of conflicting information out there. Are there certain principles that are rock solid across the board, no matter what your body type, no matter what your stage in life? We're going to find out from our experts here on Street Soldiers, female fitness and body image show when we come back. Stay with us. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about female fitness and body image. 
image. You know, there's a lot of information that is out there, a lot of conflicting advice, all kinds of diets, all kinds of food programs, all kinds of measurements that you're supposed to take or adhere to or follow. What is the truth? What really works? And what I want to find out from our guests is there are, are there certain principles that are the same no matter what, that you just can't go wrong with. Let's find out from our guests. Joining me is Dr. Jessie Warner-Cohen. She's a senior psychologist at Northwell Health. Dr. Jessie, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Also with us is Christine Hironic. She's a food scientist and nutrition expert. Christine, thanks for being with us. Pleasure. Thank you. And also joining us is Jeanette Jenkins. She's the Hollywood trainer. Jeanette, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We really, we really appreciate it. Um, Christine, I want to start with you on this. In terms of food, in terms of what we eat, there's some people that swear by a vegan diet, and they're really upfront about telling you that. There's people that vegetarians, there's other people who I know, even you speak about within families, uh, who can eat a lot of meat, who can eat a lot of protein, and that's the way for them to go. Are there certain food principles that apply to everyone? The answer is yes, because all food is made up of macronutrients. Macronutrients are protein, carbs, and fat. So any food, anything is made up of one of those three things. So the thing is, whether you realize it or not, you're eating a certain amount of protein every day, a certain amount of carbs, and a certain amount of fats. So if you're a vegan, it doesn't mean that you don't eat protein. It just means you're going to use plant-based proteins. If you're vegetarian, you would do eggs instead of meat. So the, the underlying principles are the fact that your body does require specific amounts of these macronutrients in certain quantities. The food choices you make to fit those macros, it's entirely up to you, your, you know, your ethical principles, your religious principles, your food intolerances. But I think that there is an underlying guideline that we all need certain amounts of these nutrients to function. Dr. Jesse, do you have patients coming to you who are like frustrated because they just don't know what to do? Yeah, and I talk a lot about behavior change and behavior change happens in small bits and we talk about SMART goals. Um, so things that are specific, um, so uh, it's not that I want to be healthier. It's what does that mean? Does it mean that you're able to do more activity? Does it mean um, that you're eating certain foods, something that's measurable? Um, just saying again, want to be healthy. What does that mean? I can't measure that. Something that's attainable. So someone's not going to drop a tremendous amount of weight at one time that's relevant to your life and it's time-based. So I talk in two week or three week intervals. Um, if I set a goal for the next six months, that's really hard to keep going. So what can I do in the next couple of weeks to make change? Oh, that's a good idea. So a small interval of time. So people can say, okay, for the next two weeks, I'm not going to eat late at night, or I'm not going to eat, you know, whatever is the, the trigger for a certain food that they know is not good for them. Absolutely. For the next two weeks, I'm not going to buy snacks. When I go to the grocery store, I'm going to buy, I'm going to focus more on my meal times. That's a tremendous change, but it happens in small pieces. Jeanette, what about in, ter in terms of exercise? Because there've been a tremendous, I mean, we want to talk about what we see on social media. There's all kinds of ex exercise routines that people are doing, especially, you know, since the pandemic started, there's even more, I think, a huge influx. Are there certain things, because we see people that are like run, do endurance running, other people that are doing very heavy, heavy weightlifting and that type of thing. And then others that are like, okay, I just need to do yoga and some walking every day and I'm good. What, what are there certain principles throughout yes, your practice? There are and, and your... principles when it comes to training. Okay. The first, uh, 
straight out the gate is that every form of exercise has benefit to the body. So straight out, just moving the body can help you release endorphins so that you have a better, a better positive mental attitude and have that uh, endorphin, uh, hormonal endorphin high. But when it comes to fitness pr principles, the cardiovascular fitness, you have to be doing cardio for at least 20 minutes to have a benefit on the heart, which is the most important because heart disease is still the number one killer, taking out over 700,000 Americans every year. So the, it it, more people die from heart disease than from COVID, than from anything. Right. So that's number one, is that everyone should be getting in that 20 minutes of cardio at least three to five times a week. That's to condition your heart. Then muscular strength work and muscular endurance so that your joints are strong so you can withstand the cardio so you can be strong enough to lift and carry things. And to uh, like hip replacement is one of the biggest things that happens in the aging population. So you wanna have strong and flexible joints. So strength training, in muscular endurance training and then flexibility work. So whether it's Pilates or yoga or stretching, the flexibility work will decrease your risk of having um, joint injuries and can also decrease the risk of pain, of pinching on nerves and, and just being able to increase your ability to be able to move and function and have a better quality of life. So those are basic principles that when you, and you can measure all of these things when it comes to fitness, we can do a cardiovascular test on you. We can do muscular strength, muscular endurance and flexibility tests so that we can see how you progress over time. And when you improve in all of these areas, you improve in the quality of your life. And then, um, Dr. Jesse, what role do our emotions play in all of this? So there's this bi-directional relationship between exercise and nutrition and emotions. So, um, I mean, we all heard of emotional based eating where you kind of eat to numb some emotions, which isn't maybe the most productive. Um, and on the other hand, um, our food intake can affect our emotions. Um, so, uh, you know, having a great dessert can be uplifting. Or if you're having a lot of sugar in your diet, for example, it can really make you feel physically tired, which affects our emotions as well. So they really work hand in hand. Christine, in terms of, in terms of the effect, what, what Dr. Jesse was saying, in terms of the effect of food on our, our emotions, on the way we process food, is there any evidence that, that it, how we process, how we digest food, how we utilize it is different in our bodies, depending upon whether we're like super stressed or whether we're relaxed? Um, the reality is yes, because you can't compete with what you eat. The nutritional composition of what you eat is going to impact your body dramatically different. If let's say you're eating 1500 calories a day, but that was all, you know, starchy carbs, processed foods that is going to break down in your body biochemically different than if you were eating uh, veggies, high fiber foods that don't spike your insulin. Because for instance, while we may look at things, okay, a carb is a carb. They're not, there's different types of carbohydrates. There's fibers, there's starches, and the way they impact your blood sugar, the way they break down in your system, the way your body utilizes them for fuel varies drastically. So the composition of your food makes a very, very huge difference in your emotional and mental well-being. Um, Jeanette, in terms of the, in terms of exercising, because we also, you know, hear a lot about the different ideas and theories before you exercise, should you eat or eat something light afterwards? Should you eat it? What about re these so-called recovery drinks and that type of thing? What's your take on that? There's a couple things when it comes to how you eat. Number one, you should be eating for your specific goals. So like 
someone who's a performance athlete or marathon runner, they're going to be eating completely different than someone who's trying to burn body fat and, um, and get into a healthy weight versus somebody who might be in the aging population. And then you have all the health parameters, like someone might be anemic or they have Hashimoto's or some kind of, or they're going through menopause and they have hormonal issues. So we all have to recognize that we are all biogenetically unique. So although these things are basics and they're solid and true, how our body responds to the food and to the exercise and to the movement could be drastically different. So the goal is for you to learn as much as you can possibly learn about how you respond to all of these situations and to continue to um, surround yourself with the educated population and educated, you know, professionals that can help guide you along the way. Well, Christine, what about one of the things we keep hearing too is drink lots of water, drink lots of water. Everybody says that drink lots of water. What's your take on that? Absolutely. 100%. And what a lot of people don't realize is that when we're trying to lose body fat, fat loss is a chemical oxidation reaction that needs to have excess water in place for that to happen. So it's not just, yes, drink water. Yes, it's going to keep you full and satisfied, but having plenty of water is going to facilitate the oxidation of fatty acids to break down into carbon dioxide, which is, is how it's released from the body. So it is absolutely, once I tell my clients that, I'm like, do you realize I'm that? A, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in shock because it's, because I, you know, I, I always thought of water as like, okay, stay hydrated. That's important. We need that for our skin, et cetera. Uh, drink a lot of water because that kind of flushes everything out of your system, the whole plumbing type system. And then I always wondered, like, when you lose weight, where does it really go? Like, how do we lose it? You know? You no, know, water also, water you need it at the site of the muscle cell in order to burn fat. I say the same thing, the science to my clients, like you're 60% of your body weight is water, 60 to 70%. You need it in every function. So many of your metabolic functions require water, digestion and elimination, your synovial fluid in your joints, your brain, it's endless. It goes on and on and on. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. More on our female fitness and body image show when we come back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're focusing on female fitness and body image. We have a powerhouse panel breaking it all down, dropping a lot of gems, a lot of jewels here about how we can be better so that we can enjoy our life more. I think that's what it's all about. Do more, do it better, and really love what we're doing um, and love every day, love ourselves every day. Joining me is uh, Dr. Jesse Warner-Cohen. She's a senior psychologist at Northwell Health. Dr. Jesse, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Also with us is Christine Heronic. She's a food scientist and nutrition expert. Christine, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. Also joining us is Jeanette Jenkins. She's the Hollywood trainer. I'm going to say it like that. You can find her on hollywoodtrainer.com. Uh, Jeanette, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Dr. Jesse, uh, we're talking about the importance of water for women and how water is pl plays such a big role in terms of our overall health and, and especially for weight loss, which is always a concern for us women, for many of us. Um, wh what do you take? What's your, what do you think about that? 
water is incredibly important. Um, but if we get kind of really realistic about lifestyles, and especially for women, we're often multitasking. We have competing goals at the same time. Um, and it's sometimes difficult because where there's water, there's also urination, right? So you can carry a bottle of water with you, but if you don't have time because you're taking care of the kids, um, because of your work demands. Or you're a TV reporter in a place where there's no bathrooms at all for miles. <laughs> exactly. It's a real challenge. Um, and I was talking to a group of health care workers um, not so long ago about how are you staying hydrated because there's so many layers of PPE that you have to take off in order to use a facility and it's really it's a challenge and they find creative ways and um, part of the solution is also it creates a you need a team in order to get anything done so um, if you're working on health and fitness that it you know and you're a parent maybe your partner will be able to help you with watching the kids or realizing that you may need to hand off the kids a little bit so that you can take some breaks. Um, if you're working on a team in a hospital, for example, they tag off to each other so that they can take the breaks that they need. But it really, it's, while well, fitness is individual, it's also a communal event. And then what about that, Christine, in terms, in terms of the built, you know, we, you have to look at the whole process too. If you're drinking a lot of water, you do need to go to the bathroom a lot. No, absolutely. And what I like to recommend to my clients is to meter it throughout the day to have a specific goal, you know, by lunchtime, I want to have at least, you know, one of these down per day, something of that nature that's going to be realistic and attainable. Uh, Jeanette, in terms of what, one of the things that's happened um, in terms of our huge lifestyle change, you know, people talk about the quarantine 15, the 15 pounds, the people who were working away, for, you know, working remotely, sitting, sitting at a desk all day. Um, and not moving around and not going through the, through the daily routine. In terms of movement, like are there certain ways or certain tips that you give your clients that you can share with us um, about how to build in movement just in the course of your daily activities? Of course, there's movement that you can build in into the day, but most importantly, if it's important to you, then you'll make it a priority. So number one, put it in your schedule. So you do deserve a 20 to 30 minute window dedicated to your health. It's your time to do your workout, okay? Your personal workout is your moment of internal cleansing. I tell people it's just like brushing your teeth, washing your your face, taking a shower. It's hygiene for your internal system. You're giving the opportunity to bring fresh oxygen into the body. You're circulating your bloodstream. You're helping um, your hormones. You're, you're doing so much for your body that you'd be, it, you're doing preventative care. So you're strengthening your immune system to decrease your risks of, of illnesses. So to not schedule that 20 minutes you think out of an entire day you can't schedule 20 minutes so put it in your schedule is it 6 a.m is it 8 a.m is it 12 noon you schedule it in there and anything else that tries to come into that time slot it doesn't get a chance because you already have an appointment at that time so that's number one but two you can do at certain moments of the day you know 15 push-ups 20 squats, those things do add, especially strength movements um, and or a five minute stretch rotating through, you know, um, your hips and your your lower back to release tension in your in your body. But my number one message is that 
If it's important to you, then you'll make it a priority and your health is your priority. So go ahead and schedule yourself a, a proper fitness session. No, that's, def that's, def that's definitely a good point. The, um, I, I did, when I, I've had some days where I've had to be editing and writing and sitting for hours to, to get a major project or to get the show done or whatever. I would set the timer for 30 or 45 minutes on my phone just to even get up from my desk to walk around the floor of the building or go up and down the stairs and then just come back just to, cause it wasn't enough time, you know, we're on a deadline of course, so there's not a lot of time, but just to get everything circulating and, you know, feel, feel a little bit better. So, but that, that's a great idea to schedule it in. Like it's an appointment that's I'm, I'm going to start that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Jesse, in terms of women though, women, we have a lot of responsibilities. We are the ultimate multitaskers as all of you have been pointing out the, uh, what about the pressure? Because I think also too, a lot of times women, we have a tendency to be harder on ourselves than anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And it, we really talk in terms of our intrinsic motivation. So what are the motivations that come from within us? Is it that I want to feel a certain way or be able to do something? Um, you know, I may be calling upon my co-panelists when I start my marathon training again, right? Like that's my goal. Um, but, and not look at those extrinsic motivation. So it's not necessarily how other people look. It's not how fast they run. It's what you're looking for for yourself. So basically, and then basically, how do you, how do you tell women to deal with when they, when they feel really bad about themselves or the way they look, or they have some, you know, one of those despair from compare type of moments? Turn off your phone, turn off your phone, um, turn off the social media, even for a day, right? Get some re-grounding, go for a walk, Get because when we sit inside our homes, like we've many of us have been doing for the past year plus, um, I liken it to those little bouncy balls that kids love to play with and they bounce off the walls. Your thoughts do that also when you're sitting inside. You need fresh air for your almost like your thoughts to be able to breathe. Um, so getting outside, being able to recenter yourself and refocus yourself and getting out of that. I'm just staring at these walls and my thoughts are bouncing around and, and just getting things just getting everything moving gets everything moving um christine since we have we have the benefit of your experience one of one of the big diet one of the big uh, i don't know what to call it a fad but one of the big topics that is on the uh, youtube and also these health blogs and this type of thing is intermittent fasting water fasting what is your what is your opinion on that from your scientific background Intermittent fasting is a powerful approach to help people break out of plateaus. The benefit of intermittent fasting is when you give your body prolonged periods of fasting where you're not eating, it allows you to not have insulin spikes. So for those with a lower tolerance to carbohydrates, those who may be pre-diabetic or diabetic, this is wonderful for you because it's not saying eat less, it's just saying control your meal window. By doing so, you concentrate your insulin spikes in a shorter time frame. where a common intermittent fast is 16-8, where you fast for 16 hours, you eat in an eight hour window. By condensing those insulin spikes, your body has a longer residence time. So what happens is when you have an insulin spike, it's because you ate a carbohydrate. Your body needs to facilitate shuttling those carbohydrates out of your blood and into your cells. Now, that insulin comes from your pancreas. The pancreas also releases glucagon, which is the fat burning hormone. So now if you're concentrating it and only spiking your insulin shorter window, you have a longer residence time, 16 hours for glucagon to be released. It's very powerful. And it's great for those who need simple tools to break out of plateaus, but it's really ideal for those who have a lower 
tolerance to carbohydrates. It's not for everybody, but it's great for those in that, in that bucket. In that particular category. Jeanette, do you have clients that come to you with uh, you know, a screenshot and go, I want that body or I want those arms or I want those abs? <laughs> yes, of course. Like, like yes. Dolly, of course. <laughs> no, people do that all the time. I mean, I don't think that there's anything wrong to, if an external motivation is, is something that motivates you. Um, but you have to definitely, people have to get out of this comparison base uh, or that like they want something other than themselves. So again, my job is to always train people to understand their own genetic makeup and to be able to do the best they can with what they have and to be grateful for what they have. So like, it's a privilege to be able to move your body and to exercise. There's many people who have health disparities and health issues where they cannot do that. So I often try to number one, if someone is going down that negative black hole tunnels to bring them to a place of gratitude, like, okay, we need to make this list of, you know, you were able to give birth to your children. You uh, have the strength to be able to do, you know, to perform great at your job. Like all of these things are incredible things that we need to be grateful for. When it comes to doing exercises to achieve specific uh, body, like this. Yes, you can, you can put in the work, but when you put in the work, you also have to be loving and kind to your body and know that, okay, this is the genetic package that I have. So I'm doing the best I can. And this is, this is what, uh, this is what I have and I'm going to love it. And that is one of the reasons why I absolutely love Lizzo is because she proudly says, this is me and I love it. And I think that confidence looks absolutely beautiful on everyone, whatever body type or whatever size you are. And more people need to practice it. It's a, it's a practice. It's a behavior that you have to learn how to do. Stop wanting what somebody else has and learn how to love what you have. No, abs absolutely. We're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back with more female fitness and body image right after this. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about female fitness and body image. Joining me for this episode is Dr. Jesse Warner-Cohen. She's a senior psychologist at Northwell Health. Dr. Jesse, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Christine Hironic. She's a food scientist and nutrition expert. Christine, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Having me. Thank you. Also joining us is Jeanette Jenkins. She's the Hollywood trainer. You can find her at hollywoodtrainer.com. Jeanette, thanks so much for, for making time for us. We appreciate it. Um, Dr. Jesse, what, Dr. Jesse, have you seen more women as surgeries become more accessible, I think, to more and more women? Um, there's a lot more of it out there. There's a, certainly a lot more advertising. Has what role do you see of this, you know, need for surgery and women wanting to get all kinds of different types of surgery on their bodies? Where do you draw the line between what's healthy and what's not healthy? It really depends on why and what are those motivations on why people are doing it and um, have they? Is it is this because they want a quick fix 
Or is this something that they've been working really hard on and they need something a little bit extra? We do see, for example, people who have really worked hard on their weight goals and lost weight that they need some surgery to get rid of excess skin. Um, and that's just a realization of the accomplishments that they have come to. But we want to remember that we have to be kind to ourselves and talk to ourselves um, like you'd want someone else to talk to you. Um, and we don't, we're pretty harsh, we have pretty harsh self-talk often. So before signing up for surgery, engage in some positive self-talk, um, reminding yourself of all the things that you're grateful for, the things that you can do. So when you talk about this, what do you mean by self-talk? I think I understand. So but we all have this internal monologue, right? The thoughts that go through our head. Um, and we can change that from a negative and we can flip it to more positive messages. So is the message that I didn't um, work out hard enough today? Or is the message, I was rushed this morning, but I got in 20 minutes, that's great. Um, and so flipping around those negative messages to things that are positive and talking to yourself like you talk to a friend rather than being your own worst self-critic. So those kinds of comments that we hear all the time, we and, and some of us make all the time, and try to catch myself doing this, but it's like, oh, I'm so dumb, or I, I should have done that better, or I should have done more, or I have to do, like that constant judging, and that's what you're talking about? Absolutely, and banish the word should. Should, should you know, be removed from your vocabularies, because a should is a goal that you're never going to be able to attain. The should get ever further and further away. Try switching that to wishes. So instead of, I should have worked out for longer today, I wish I could have worked out longer. That's something that you can then change to a behavior. So I wish I could have worked out longer. I'm gonna set my alarm for earlier tomorrow morning. Instead of that should, 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 which is really wears you down after a while. Debilitating, because there's nothing you could have done because what you're judging yourself on already happened. So there's no, there's no win there, no matter how you, how you, you know, say it. Absolutely. Okay. Christina, in terms of, in terms of our thoughts, is there any evidence that our thoughts actually affect how our bodies deal with our weight, process food, our health? Absolutely, because stress is impacts your cortisol levels. And when your cortisol levels are, in, are elevated, it will directly impact your body's ability to regulate insulin. And I think a lot of people end up losing hope in the process because they, they give up, they, they see other people and they, they automatically disqualify themselves and think that like, I can't do that. And I think one of the biggest problems is people lack real world results of seeing people who were in their same boat and seeing how they transformed their body, which is why I think a lot of people want to go surgical routes. You know, I think that it's so inspiring, you know, showing transformation photos online of real people and us like myself as a, as a, nu a nutrition expert showing people, okay, this is how long it really took that person. This is what she right. was really eating, how she was really doing it. Because I think we need to give people, you know, more knowledge of what it's going to take to approach this in a natural way, because it can be done. I just think people lose hope in that process and want to approach quick fixes because they think that, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to do it. But the reality is there's a lot you can do. Definitely. Jeanette, what about you're in the, one of the surgery capitals of the, uh, of the world. What's your, what no, is your opinion on, what is your opinion on that? Well, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> I've been working. We're listening. A, we're listening. We're listening. Yeah. So this is coming from a trainer with 30 years of experience. Okay? Oh my gosh. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm 46. Wow. And okay. My opinions on this topic have changed dramatically over the years. Okay. Um, I'm not a fan of transformation pictures at all because I want people to accept that healthy living is a lifelong journey. So like we all get to be 21 once that's cute and it's fun, but our genetics and our hormones and our bodies change throughout life. And we don't want you, I don't want people to adopt healthy lifestyle changes just to get from point A to point B. I want them to understand that these changes they make are going to affect their body their whole life. But guess what? Ladies, when you get into your 40s or maybe your late 40s, early 50s, you're going to go through menopause. You're going to go through hormonal changes. These things are completely normal and it's okay. Or, you know, it could certain things could happen to your body even at a younger age, like after having childbirth, your body's not going to be the same after having children as it was when you were like running around through college. So I want people to accept and love themselves. So I know when it comes to the self-talk, I don't even allow my clients one moment of negative self-talk. It's an absolute no. I want you to be your number one biggest fan all the time. And the biggest reason is uh, because it's so hard to be able to work on yourself if you're feeling these negative vibrations of constantly putting yourself down. You have to be able to lift yourself up. And as far as surgery, it's really an individual one-on-one -on -one situation because there are so many things that could affect someone, like maybe they uh, had cancer in their breasts and they had to get breast augmentation or, right. but if specifically just doing it because you want to achieve a look, no, I'm 100% against it. I think there's nothing more rewarding than learning how to love yourself because you have to live with yourself for your entire life. So the sooner you start to learn how to love yourself, the more successful you're going to be at enjoying a quality life. No, absolutely. Dr. Jesse, give us, uh, as, we, as we wrap up here, give us a, um, give, give us some, some tips for how we can start to improve our mental health about the way we look and the, the way we feel about the way we look as women. Again, engaging in that positive self-talk, thinking of positive things about yourself and surrounding yourself with, again, a team that's going to support this positivity. Um, so if the people in your life are um, denigrating your fitness goals, those are people that you don't need in your life right, right now. Um, have people who are going to be supportive and support yourself in it. Christine, in, in terms of a, a couple of tips that people can take away from, from our conversation, what would you recommend? The number one thing is that you can't compete with what you eat. You could work out seven days a week and it's wonderful and it's important. I think that as Dr. Jesse said, you know, lifestyle changes happen slowly. If there's one thing I would encourage people is to seriously reevaluate nutrition as a whole, because even if you aren't able to work out, even if you are injured, even if whatever's going on, you can still drop body fat by controlling your nutrition and learning what that looks like for you and for your body type. All right. Excellent. Um, Jeanette, what it, like takeaway for people that just, just want to start with something they can start as soon as the show's over. As soon as the show's over, I want you to go over to my Instagram page at <laughs> Mr. Jenkins and do one of my workouts. I have free slider workouts on there. Tons of them. Get your body moving. See how amazing it feels to move through your body, whether it's strength, cardio, flexibility, and please at I want you all to start working on loving yourself. 
Oh, there you go. Thank you so much. I want to thank all of you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers, Dr. Jesse Warner-Cohen, Christine Hironic, and Jeanette Jenkins. Thank you all so much for being with us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.